Veterans Broadcast Network. This is Roll Call. What role did you play in your call to duty? You're listening to Veterans Roll Call. I'm Kennedy Camp. And I'm Nadine Noki. Listening in and joining us today, uh, especially this is show number eight. I've got a special guest with me, uh, Sandra Laflamme. Good evening, Kenny. And we're going to have a great talk with her in a few moments. You'll be hearing about something very unique. And my uh, other special guest, a little bit later, once again, uh, like last week, was Bill Schustick. He's going to uh, be here. He's got some interesting uh, news for us. We're going to learn a little bit more about him and and go out with another song tonight. I had a, one of the listeners ask me if I'd repeat something that I did uh, probably on show one or two, we couldn't recall, that had to do with um, uh, the veterans in this country and where the statistics are. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to know that the Gulf War veterans are now accounting for the largest share of U.S. veterans. Uh, it surpassed the Vietnam veteran era, which I was a part of, in 2016. Uh, the 2018 population model estimates had a, almost um, 19 million veterans. Uh, in 2021, it indicates that there are 5.9 million American veterans who served in Vietnam, 7.8 million who served in the Gulf War, which spans from August 1990 through mostly the present, uh, if we can think about that's how it's still going. I know some people are still helping out in Afghanistan. I take my hat off to them. There are also around 240,000, that's right, 240, less than a quarter million of World War II veterans today. So honor those elderly gentlemen who went through a lot of rough times, especially with the disability and the disability changes that took place with the VA. And then we have about 933,000, a little less than a million of the Korean War veteran era. Uh, something that we should all think about and remember. Uh, if we look at the statistics in 2021, there are about 11% of the 18.9 million are women and 89% are men. Uh, they say in 25 years that's going to change to about 18% women. So uh, we see that it's growing and hopefully it will be a smaller number of military because we realize that the world of peace is a little bit more better than the world of war. Uh, I also want to remind you that on uh, Monday nights, we have Patrick Scrogan with Wounded But Not Broken. Quite an amazing show. Uh, last week, they had an amazing uh, story all about different disabilities, different injuries, different problems that two soldiers had. Yeah, quite, quite moving. And then there's uh, General Dave Grange. He's got his famous Veterans Radio Hour program. You want to listen to that. And these shows are being uh, sponsored right now. We really appreciate the support by GTS Transportation, the trucking company that's really helping out, uh, uh, not only sponsoring our shows, but getting this stuff to where it's got to go. We're having a lot of problems with that, as everybody recognizes. And Dallas Corporation, my own friend Lance Hack at the Dallas Corporation, who... Uh, has helped out in so many ways. I remember building the original radio show studio with him uh, in honor of his World War II father and then, of course, my World War II dad. It was something. And just quickly, I want to bring up now that there's some newly enacted service-connected benefits. And so if you are part of the Vietnam and Gulf War era, you have to be aware that the VA is opening itself up and now helping us to realize that you have disability claims for some new conditions that are in, related to environmental exposures. Uh, so you can file a claim or you could even start earning, uh, uh, appealing some of your benefits. 
In May 2021, the VA implemented provisions of the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021, adding bladder cancer, hyperthyroidism, and Parkinson's to the list of medical conditions associated, especially with the exposure to Agent Orange, my era, unfortunately. A few uh, months later then, the VA added asthma, rhinitis, and cyanitis to uh, the basis of uh, these exposures on particulars um, from uh, any exposure you've had during the military service in anywhere in Southeast Asia. So I'll give you a phone number that's going to help you out. You know, you can always go to va.gov and the special form for this uh, review of supplemental claims or new claims is form 20-0995. Once again, for my friends I know who are out there who keep that pen and paper around, it's form 20-0995 at va.gov. That hotline 800 827-1000, and you know I've given that out a couple times already. And for those people that should always remember our Veterans, veterans Crisis Line, 273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. Press 1 and you'll get going right away. Uh, what we're going to be doing tonight now is talking a little bit about some of this situational energy that has happened. I know the general likes to talk about it. He calls it the invisible enemy. It's a show that um, I'm going to have to turn you on to for sure, Sandra. Sandra, by the way, is the founder with her husband as well, who's our veteran. She's a true supporter of the veteran world. They're the founders of the National PTSD Service Association. They do a lot of help for a lot of us that have gone through that psycho problem and uh, but it, they also I think work not only with veterans but also with uh, their spouses and their friends and whoever uh, whatever it, it takes and so Sandra let's let's start off first of all where are you originally from and uh, how did you get to Sarasota and now Pelican Cove? Thank you Kenny I grew up in Iowa and my father was a marine and like a good Marine, he taught me to throw the first punch, yeah. <laughs> right? Come in swinging always and being a farm kid that helped me survive my farm years. And well, my dad was a Navy and he taught me, Kenny, you got to throw the first punch because as little as you are, oh. you better do it or it's over. And that helped. That it worked. Helped. It worked, it didn't it? My dad, your dad. Uh-huh. And uh, the, yeah, basic survival skills maybe people don't always talk about for um, and, and the opportunity of growing up in a really athletic environment and over a period of time knowing also that I didn't want to stay on the farm led me to own and run my own business. And when I moved it to Florida 20 years ago, I thought, well, this is going to be a lot of fun. I don't know a lot of people, but hard work is hard work anywhere where you are. So when I met my husband on Match.com 10 years ago, Wow. Yeah. Sure. Yep. I arranged my own marriage. <laughs> Good yeah. I decided after a period of time that if I knew exactly what I was looking for, it was just a matter of finding him. Good. And when I did, <laughs> when I did it, uh, he proposed on Easter and we were married by the 4th of July. Wow. Fantastic. And he's a veteran of what service? The Gulf, um, Air Force Gulf, 800 combat hours flying B-52s. So he is that larger population that you were talking about. And even um, right before he proposed, maybe this was a litmus test, he got himself a Belgium Malinois puppy and decided this would be a perfect service dog to help him with the things that he wanted um, help with. And he is still he is an athlete, very high performing in everything that he does, including still a pilot, and flies his own plane, fixes them, and an active financial planner. So what we learn from taking that puppy to the level where she is performing as a top notch service dog, you saw her in the parade last week, helped us distill and cultivate what is the National PTSD Service Association 2016, the best practices 
for serving our veteran and first responder community with the dog that is 100% successful in ameliorating PTSD. Wow. And you've started this program and it's been continuing on. And how is it supported? It is supported by donations. At first, it was just supported uh, from me and Mark's businesses and money out of our pocket because getting the best practices together took some money and took some time and took some ability, of course, Mark's financial ability and acumen to create those best practices and find dog trainers and people around the country who could give us an understanding of what was going to work locally and also duplicatable anywhere. And we've got some great dog trainers, great dog breeders, and now we uh, are cultivating national sponsors, local sponsors that are big donors, and even individual sponsors. There's a lot of VFWs and other places where you can just drop a dollar. Well, everything counts because training a service dog and matching that dog up to the family and the situation, we're told by their psychiatrist, psychiatrist or psychologist exactly what framework to help this family move on and move up and go on with the goal set. Not allow them to, it's not meant to retract into your household and sit around and, and watch TV with the dogs. It's meant to get you out and about doing what you want to do. Do you want to volunteer at your kid's school? Do you want to work for the Parks and Recreation Service? Do you want to be in the Honor Guard? We have a recipient who brought his dog to us, and he's in the Honor Guard. Somebody has a special need for a 21-gun salute, he's right there. And now a service dog is with him. And so all of the situations we take into consideration, the entire family, what their needs are. Um, in our particular house, we have pet hens, pet cats, and we have a neighbor full, neighborhood full of kids. So when we're out and about with the dogs, they're integrating with our neighborhood, with our friends, with our family, and the activities that we enjoy. Now, the dog I saw you with was large, and I walked away saying German Shepherd. You called it some other time. She is a full-blooded Belgian Malinois, her and her sister. Out, yeah, Belgian Malinois. They are um, of the same family of Mali's, exact same bloodline of the Mali that was in the Bin Laden raid, and really high-performing, come from breeders that have military contracts. But these two girls in their litters were determined to, these aren't going to be military or police dogs. These are going to be service dogs. And that's a beautiful thing about Americans with disability. They allow um, service dogs and miniature horses. Now that works out in California where they have a lot of farmland. But in our area where the dogs need to be up and down, all around, in and out. So the dog is perfect. And it is the one animal that, in all of creation, its only job is to please us. Phenomenal. Well, they say a dog is a man's best friend, so you guys just take it 25 steps further. 25 times 25, <laughs> right? And depending on what you want that best friend oh, really? to do, um, go to your kids' dance recitals. Go out and about in Oscar Shearer Park and stay right there alert when something and each person has a different alert each person has a different way they want that dog to perform so it's very customized very unique i'm very impressed i see service dogs often and some of the restaurants i've uh, helped out in uh, i'm a private chef as you know and play maitre d at times and i see these uh people come in with these they're usually small dogs so when i saw yours i was really impressed we're, we're going to take a little short cutaway uh, right now so we can hear from the Dallas Corporation and GTS Transportation and uh, come back with Sandra and we're going to uh, talk a lot more about because I have a couple of interesting questions I think we're going to get into. So we'll be back in just a few. Roll call. We'll be right back after these messages. My father was the, the best truck driver I've ever known in my life. Like a family tradition. I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the state with my cat. To be the truck driver, you not just only 
see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new and then it's very reliable. At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Broadcast Network for over 19 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution has been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. You're listening to Roll Call. Here's your host, Kenny DeCamp. All I do is a double time. Up the hill. Up the hill. Down the hill. Down the hill. Down the hill. Up the hill. Thanks, Mark, for letting me come back on. Uh, we're here with Sandra Laflamme from the National PTSD Service Association, and uh, we're talking about a service dog energy right now that helps with the PTSD problems that many uh, veterans and, and individuals have them. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, the VA deals a lot with secondary service connections. Uh, is it a secondary service connection that a service dog has, and does the VA recognize that and work with you or support you in any way? Or N- Not financially, but they were instrumental in the PAWS 19 Act that passed the House and Senate. It hasn't been funded. However, it... Wait, cre- wait, wait. wait. Something passed but hasn't been funded? Well, that, when I'm talking about the PAWS 19 with Act, the, with, it, de- it defined what a service dog was based on what the Veterans Administration agreed with with the successful service dog providers around the United States. Most of them work with a puppy. And then we have to have a dog that can, you know, minimally be about 40 pounds and do the work. This is a working dog. Generally, the working dog classes, like a German Shepherd dog, a Belgian Malinois, a cattle dog. We actually have a couple of cattle cattle dogs that we've trained, and because that's what the recipient grew up with, that's what the household wanted. And but the dog has got to do the work. And we have mo- uh, veterans and first responders. We have some first responders that we're help- working with now, and that some of them have mobility issues. Some of them have issues of reoccurring um, disease issues that could come back on them under a great deal of stress. One in particular we are getting from their uh, medical facility, the ability to teach the dog the same the same way we teach dogs for drug sniffing or um, search and rescue. We can teach those dogs to not just be sensitive to seizures, but to sniff out cancer. Really? We get those scents from the the medical facilities, and our dog trainers can work with our recipients when when the when we get ready for is that something we're going to bring into the mix? We want the dog to alert on that person if they're sensing even a change in their chemistry at that level. And that's what you mean by a working dog, the, the sniffing of a disease, for instance, as well as what other work does a, a dog have to do? Uh, well, a PTSD service dog has to keep the recipient calm. So when a recipient is out and about, it's going to be real obvious that the dog is a service dog by the way it behaves. It's going to stay right next to that recipient no matter where they are. It's not going to be lunging or moving about. It's And also the recipient should be trained to how do you handle your dog. Don't put your dog in a position where it needs to go to the bathroom. I mean, you can't go eight or nine hours without letting the dog relieve itself. But to be, you know, common sense isn't already always common. And we found out when we've come into large um, chains and department stores, not all people who are working at the dog 
door use what Americans with Disabilities sets as a standard for a working dog. What does that dog do? Well, PTSD is a disability. So the recipient needs to say, the dog keeps me calm. It, it's easy. If the dog is not calm themselves, then that's not a service dog, especially for somebody with PTSD. Yeah, because I often have seen people in different environments, especially restaurants, that um, they have a service dog um, wrap around it or coat or sweater, and it might say service on it. And a couple of them I saw it didn't say so. But these dogs just appeared to be just little puppy dogs for them. Um, I, they weren't very large. And is that the same? I mean, that's is that would still be considered a service dog, but not similar to the PTSD style? Well, the, the beautiful thing that you're bringing up is um, it's based on the person's disability. So um, I have, I'm a head injury survivor. Most of the time, my dog is trained at the level to perform any kind of service. I use her as demonstration. You saw her at the parade where I put her at down and stay, and she was several blocks away. And she was looking for my hand signal because in crowds, she's not going to hear what I have to say. So the minimum for any of our service dogs is going to be able to perform like that. But I'm probably the only person who's going to perform in a parade to show off what the dog's capability are. Very, very athletic dog, cowgirl is. Belgian Malinois can leap in a single bound 6 to 15 feet, climb ladders, climb trees. Do I have her do that? No. But for my energy level, she's perfect. And I don't use her as a service dog. But there are times where I'm overly stressed and the dog does keep me calm. So Americans with disability, being a head injury survivor, I would be protected even though my most important goal is to put myself in the shoes of somebody who has PTSD. So somebody who's blind, it's a little easier to see the harness on that dog, the seeing eye dog. Somebody who's in a wheelchair where the dog is pulling them, it's a little easier to ascertain that that dog is doing some work. It's yeah. pull we had a recipient who's now not paired with this dog anymore because it was just so difficult for him to have the dog at assisted in his assisted living facility. That dog pulled him on the wheelchair. He didn't want to be in a scooter. Vietnam veteran, dog handler, war dog handler, mm. did not want to be in a scooter, wanted the dog right there with him, and she could pull him up and around everywhere he wanted to go. Mm. He didn't ever have anybody who misunderstood what this dog's work was. But with PTSD, because it's it's like my head injury, it's an, it, literally an injury in your mind yeah. that as you're getting the right kind of counseling and the families involved with the things that produce positive results. Well, that dog's there to aid them. It's very well trained when they're, um, the tra when our training phase is done, it can take 60 to 90 days, not that long. Cause we're good at what we do with the dog trainers. We've fed some of the best dog trainers in the world. They've got great character. They've got great follow through and we have a lifetime guarantee. So if we get a couple of years down the road, and there's uh, the dog is behaving a little bit to the left or to the right of what the family and the recipient wants, then we bring everyone back into training or we start training in the home to find out what is the dynamic that we can get on track easiest and fastest. But coming full circle, somebody with PTSD, if they're out with their service dog, that dog is not doing anything other than being at their side, getting in and out of the car, helping them if they have some mobility issues and paying only attention to their recipient, not wandering around the store, not sniffing other tables or other people, and not even coming over and sniffing other dogs. So you can have somebody in a restaurant with a guide dog. Southeastern Guide Dogs does amazing work for people who are vision and vision impaired. Those dogs are amazing. They are paired up with somebody who walks at their same pace. Mm -hmm. So... It, the similarity is that dog from puppyhood is matched up to the family and moves and is a breed type that moves at the pace that that recipient wants to go. Like my husband's very energetic. A Belgian Malinois is perfect for him. And so I think you called the dog Cowgirl? My dog that you saw on the parade, Cowgirl. That's her name, Cowgirl. Yeah, she is the same AKC bloodline. 
but her AKC name is Cowgirl Laflamme. <laughs> and your husband's dog? Allie Laflamme. <laughs> They're service dogs. I wasn't going to give them the long German, yeah. right? right. Uh, sisters, sisters from two different litters about 12 months apart. Mm-hmm. And was that planned or that just happened to be? Or I mean, Were you waiting for that? I mean, how did you find Allie and Cowgirl? <laughs> My husband found Allie's breeder. He's a Tennessee cop who has military contracts. and Raising dogs? Raising Belgian Malinois. Ah. Serve it, uh, dogs that go and can jump, uh, are trained to be with those special forces to jump out of helicopters, have parachutes on, even, you know, the underwater stuff. These dogs are phenomenal. They put breathers on them and goggles, and these dogs are really very, very capable, very smart. So Cowgirl and Allie were both uh, dogs that had less drive than it takes to jump out of an airplane with a parachute on, right? But enough drive to want to work their entire career. So Belgian Malinois are German shepherd dogs or cattle dogs. They live a long time and want and work the whole time. When they're we can tell in their puppy litter that they're working dogs, good bloodlines, and we have breeders help us with that. Now, the only cattle dog I've ever known was those Australian yeah. is that what similar. Um there's the the blue healer, the Australian shepherd. Now I'm not an AKC expert, but um they're yeah they their their main thing is herding sheep. They look like collies. Yeah, yeah. shorter hair, yeah. and they can be brown, they can be red, they can. There's there's a couple of breed types in there that work at that level. And have you seen our show with the Highland Games when they well, these people come from Australia apparently with their their dogs and they bring a bunch of sheep and they, I love that stuff. <laughs> I can watch that for hours. We do it every February. Oh here. here? Here in Sarasota, oh. one day full of it. I'm going to go. Yeah, I, I didn't even I, know. I will keep you informed of that. It's part of our sister cities organization. Really? Because we're, we're sister cities with Dunfermline, Scotland. And I always, when, when I was watching them, I thought about uh, if they're trained like that. And then I've seen some people who had a collie that was a service dog. And I didn't know how well that dog was able to work with that person. I didn't know the training that dog had. And I saw the dog look like it was sort of off a little bit and but then when I saw your dog and doing the like you said the command the, the way it just was there for you totally. spot on spot on and that um, best practices is what helped us cultivate uh, the National PTSD Service Association because we didn't see a lot of best best practices out there <laughs> and the breeders and the trainers that we work with love that we hold such a high standard because they want to keep the they want to keep the dog at that high standard and they don't like that people have unimpressive um dogs that they put vests on the the disability is based on the person if the dog is not performing the standard it's not performing the standard Mm -hmm. and is there a manual of these um practices or yeah there is in the pause and it's on our website mptsd.org the pause um say that again and well you take ptsd you take ptsd.org and you put an n as in nancy in front of it or national yes national ptsd mptsd.org we publish those best practices in the PAWS 19 Act, and we even publish them as a PT, PDF so that our recipients know what we're expecting from them through the application process because we're doing it to protect the dog and the recipient and protect also that we've got best practices that we're going to stay on top of and continue to implement. My husband's a financial planner, so he holds himself for the last 25 or 27 years that he's been a financial planner to a very high standard with his licensing and his referral of clients and, and clients that have stayed with him for a long time. So he applies that best practice to what we're doing wow. and keeping it at a very high standard. That is the only way to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm just totally amazed. But we're going to be back in a little while. and We're going to probably be talking about um, your space in Mayaka City. And for those out there in the Wonderland listening to this, uh, yes, there is a place called Mayaka City, and it's uh, just a little bit uh, east of Sarasota, by about 30 miles or so, I believe. 
and it's still very much like old Florida. I remember my two times driving to it. We'll be right back after this time. Roll Call will be right back after these messages. Attention, looking for semi-drivers nationwide. GTS Transportation of Burr Ridge, Illinois, is looking to hire a partner with experienced CDL holders in every state. If you are going to drive, why not drive for the best? Whether you are driving solo, as a team, or as an owner-operator, GTS is looking to add you to their rapidly growing company. Become part of one of the most respected, driver-friendly, and successful transportation companies in America, where drivers are treated as royalty. Contact us at gtscarrier.com. Again, gtscarrier.com. Or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. We would love to help you, which in turn helps everyone. GTS is an equal opportunity employer. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio Broadcast for over 15 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. You're listening to Roll Call. Here's your host, Kenny DeCamp. Hey, here we are. We're fixing our hair again. <laughs> here we go. We're, we're back. I'm back with Sandra LaFlem from the National PTSD Service Association, and I'm still picturing a dog with a parachute and a breather, which I've never seen even thought of in my life. I've never seen in a movie. I think something, maybe there's been at least one made like that, but I, I wouldn't have believed that that really, a dog would be able to pull that off with the, I guess he has to do it with his partner that he's been trained with. Yes. Yes. And so in order to do this training, you probably need the right proper facility. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your facility is Mayaka City. Okay, my in <laughs> and thank you for that. Um, in Mayaka City, we we have best practices at Euro Pro Canines. They speak at least seven languages out there. Linda has been running that operation for forty years. Now, of all the dog trainers around the United States, if if they are operating at Linda's level, where they have best practices, it's a lockdown facility. It's gated. You can't come in. You're buzzed in. The dog facilities where have plenty of air. There's 20 acres where we have outdoor uh, field training work. She even has her own private lake, free of alligators. <laughs> in Florida? In Florida. Well, there's so many dogs there. Oh, and she can train all breed types. So when we have somebody, veterans and our veterans have first priority. So if you're a veteran... And it's okay. We don't wish anyone to have PTSD. But if you're a veteran, get a hold of Europros and get your dog out there. So at the top level of training, whether it's a Shih Tzu or uh, any kind of dog can be trained at this level. Now, the service dog, now it has to be customized and do work. So the work of a service dog, it had the PAWS 19, which is published on our website, not only does it have to go past a canine good citizen, it has to keep the recipient calm. So we have to take into consideration what's going on with the recipient, the recipient, what's in the recipient household, where does the recipient live. Like in your case, there's stairs to your place. Does the recipient have stairs? So in making sure that dog is environmentally sound, not just for the home, but everywhere that recipient and their family wants to go. And, that um, takes into consideration eight to ten bursts of five to fifteen minutes of training a day for a solid sixty to ninety days. So to have that ability to do training bursts like that means you have multiple trainers on staff, not just went to a good school, 
but trainers who've worked with all breed types, all situations, all situations that a dog can throw you throw at you. And in that facility, because now the dog is learning, the dog's going to wear out really fast when they're learning something new, more than any kind of physical exercise. So work with them. They, they've got to be able to pick things up for that recipient. They've got to be able to be stable. That means any natural ability that dog has, that trainer is looking for those natural abilities and then taking it in and folding it into what that recipient wants. So we also have to get to know what does this particular dog offer us? And we have more than one trainer working with the dog. So the dog is stable in the training environment. So when we when we come to graduation, we're training the whole family and reuniting the dog with the family. So it's it's an exciting, happy time for the dog to be reunited with the family. And it's also an opportunity for us to show the family, okay, now these are the commands. So we're very consistent with the commands, but as the dog is with the family and we're teaching the family, now this is a very smart dog. You're going to add things to this and we're going to be there with you. But now we want the dog to come into your home and start performing the work that it was meant to do, keeping you calm, being with you and doing all the things that you want to, want to go do. So we get to practice in Mayaka City. We have shopkeepers who are purposely rude and unbecoming. So we're throwing the worst curveballs at a recipients in the family that they're going to find out in regular civilian life. Ah. Because on earth, we all now know there's a lot of (laughs) curveballs. If anyone was confused, we all have had our roll call and our wake-up call, right? We all... The trumpet is played for all of us. The wake-up call for anybody who has not woken up. Um, we've got a lot of change, a and a lot of people are stressed out. So you can't just go buy a dog and expect it's going to keep you calm, right? Because now you got a dog that's going to the bathroom all the time and wanting, you know, it's just like a baby. You're just in a constant cycle of feeding, pooping, eating, sleeping. Yeah. So this takes that cycle out of the picture for the recipient. And our service dogs, they're already well-bred and well-trained and coming out of the chute ready to learn and wanting to learn. So going through this process, it's just a 60- to 90-day phase, and they first have to get through the good citizen phase. We don't have we don't have dogs that where we match up with the recipient and then the dog plunks out. It's we we are avoiding that at the very beginning. If a particular dog we had a recipient call us and said, I just went and got this dog, we brought it in for testing, this dog was never gonna work as a service dog. It was gonna work as a really rambunctious household dog. So we love it when our recipients come to us first and help us match them up with the dog. Uh-huh. We don't. We're not the one to say you got to get rid of this dog. We're just say it can't. It can't meet the criteria. And when the day comes that you're ready to have a dog that can meet the criteria, but maybe you can just ratchet it back and be happy with a really rambunctious, fun pet. But our service dogs, you will know everywhere you go that they are going to be doing the work that they were called to do for that recipient. And as you said with the recipient, is that also then it does include the family. So if there's children involved or grandmom or whatever. Everyone. Everyone who has a close contact with the dog and the family has to be there. Yeah, we um, will have to know also if, you know, are there going to be a lot of, like young people, until they're four or five, uh, they don't move like an adult. So for a dog, in dog world, they at the very beginning, the dog is not dis- distinguishing a four or five year old as a human because they don't move like an adult. They move erratically and and are oh, all over the yeah, place. Right. So we want to know what 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 do you want your dog to be exposed to? Are there going to be a lot of kids around? Like cowgirl with me, we can stop in at any parade anywhere, and kids and I can say, okay, now you can hug and pet this dog. So that it gives people a chance to understand, really, that the the best wonderful thing about any dog is their number one desire is to please us, to love us, to care for us. And so properly focused, 
that now this dog can do extra, but they they never lose the ability to love and hug us and and just be overly, no matter what. I love you, and cowgirl is awesome for that. At every public place we go, whether it's a tiny little kid or somebody in a wheelchair, she is just watching them to see what they want, and if they if they want to give her a hug, she lets him. And that's not normal for somebody in a service dog. They're not going to let their service dog do anything other than pay attention to them. But that person gets the full 100% that that dog is on this earth to please us, to please that recipient. And uh, can you give a story of a soldier that you saw an incredible change because of a dog? All of them. We, <laughs> All of them. Um, the, the, the one video that I like on our website is the wife of a recipient who said, at, 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 and she talks about the dog's name, Vinka. Vinka is our essential worker. Because a year before, her husband was in a great deal of distress. And in in a year after having, and he had only had Vinka a couple of months. But he was then um, at his child's elementary school volunteer of the year where he wasn't even leaving the house the year before mm. now he's volunteer of the year actually he and the dog were volunteer of the year but she says that on tape and i love it because she says vinka is our essential worker but all of our families feel that because if we have recipients that are now working again because they want to go back to work. We have recipients that are volunteer of the year. We have recipients that are now involved with what's going on with their grandchildren and totally their their whole life they're out. We have pictures of them out kayaking with their dog, bike riding, um, going to amusement parks. Now that's a neat thing about amusement parks. I don't I would never take my dog to an amusement park, even though she is a well-trained service dog. But if that's something that they want to do, they want to go with their kid to amusement park, and the only way they're going to be able to deal with that crowd is having their dog with them. Well, the amusement parks in Florida now have a standard. And if that dog is not behaving, they're not letting that dog in the park. So that very high standard, 100% of our dogs go everywhere with a recipient. We've never been turned down anywhere. That's got to be a very happy feeling for you. I can see that smile on your face. So, you know, this has been very unique to know that because of all of us have had, uh, well, my PTSD problem comes primarily from my background was in medicine and, and 5,383 patients from Vietnam came through my clinic and uh. it was f freaky and wild and weird and I think about it and I flashback sometimes come to me uh, and sometimes I see blood and guts on television I don't understand why it's on television and goes back to my head and I'd rather put the music back on and, right uh, but I, I've never thought that I needed a, a dog I I've never even been married, so, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know how you made that leap between the dog and getting married just now, but well, that's a whole nother show we can talk about. <laughs> the best friend, the dog oh, you're talking about commitment. Okay, do you have a plant anywhere? I didn't even notice. This is, My basil. Okay, you got some basil growing. Okay, well, you got that commitment. You got to start where you are. Yeah, and I'm glad we're having this, this show today. Uh, last week's show was just so uniquely intense and and um our friend mike burns was on uh, who is a prisoner of war um, for, for 58 months over four and a half years it sounds so much more when you say four and a half years uh, it's just and it, it hit home to everybody it really you know, of course it did that's where, devastating yeah I, I was wondering if i've got to find out from mike if he's ever had a service dog and i know he has a loving wife so well, you know, a dog's not for everyone. It, it, it just, and that's the most important thing. The dog is meant to get the person going on with what they want to do, but a dog's not for everyone. Some people are just um, happy with all the other things that are helping them go on with what they're doing. Yep, and we all heal in our own way, and, right? And we heal probably better with a dog, and and possibly with a wife. <laughs> okay. Now you seem to be doing very, very well. I am doing okay. I'm just. I always, I've always had fun with that. Uh, yeah, that's been my life. And I better get out of this uh, situation. <laughs> well, back to cowgirl. That's how we met in the parade. Um, Allie was in the newspaper. 
The newspaper came up to me at the parade. They did not want to know what my name was, but they wanted to know what the dog's name. And and thank you for asking what my name was. Because exactly. the dog is really the star of the show for our recipients and for myself and for what we do. And that it helps the person who a dog is going to work. That's where the referral comes in. Not everyone. A dog's a big commitment. It's a big commitment. Very big. And we thank you so much, Sandra, for sharing all this story with us and everybody to know that they have the opportunity to uh, go to that website. Uh, and donate. It, it, it's minimally $7,500 to train the dog and then all the other things that go on top of that. All right. We'll be right back after this message. Roll call. We'll be right back after these messages. My father was the, the best truck driver I've ever known in my life. Like a family tradition. I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the state with my cat. To be the truck driver, you not just only see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new and then it's very reliable. At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again. 847-754-4667. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Broadcast Network for over 19 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution has been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. You're listening to Roll Call. Here's your host, Kenny DeCamp. That's it. I'm up and down as normal. I'm uh, happy to be here. I was really impressed with Sandra and knowing as much as I can learn about uh, Dogs and now, Bill, you got any dogs? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm a dog. I'm a dog guy. You are a dog guy. Yeah, a couple dogs. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. And cats. Now, now, Bill, where are you originally from? Hmm. How original? I guess I was born apparently in Bath, New York. I'm adopted, so it's a little bit of a a mystery there. But they're mostly Western New York. Western New York. And then New York City when I grew up, and uh, Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard. And when I was there in the 70s a lot, uh, working in New York Medical College, uh, Flower Fifth Avenue Hospital, I thought I had heard your name a few times, and I was at a lot of different, my escape was dancing, and uh, I was going to a lot of different events and and folk energies I was involved with, and I was dating Nora Guthrie for a while, uh, Arlo's sister, and... Um, <laughs> It's all very unique and fun. So I thought I heard your name. And then when I met you the other day at the veterans event at uh, great Fogartyville center, um, it, it just blew me away when uh, you said you'd be able to come on the show and, and do a little bit with us. Usually all you have to do. <laughs> you, you, you've been playing a lot. Tell us a little bit about your history of playing and where you've played and what you've done. Uh, if you go way, way back, uh, uh, in junior high, my girlfriend gave me a Burl Ives record, Down to the Sea in Ships, and I was forever corrupted. I went off into the realm of folk music and sea shanties. I dreamed that I would be a shantyman on a clipper ship. Everybody told me they were long gone, and I was nuts, and now I'm a shantyman a on a clipper. I have been for 50 years. But you've been supporting the Florida Veterans for Common Sense for quite a while, which is where I met you uh, when you agreed to perform for everybody after the Veterans Parade. If they ask me to do something, if it's at all possible for me to do it, I will do it. I've never been 
with a bunch of, I get teary thinking about them. They're heroes. They are heroes. And they're the real thing. Yeah. That's why you agreed to be with us last week with Mike Burns. Uh, as I mentioned him, uh, POW, who's a, just a wonderful man. Uh, does so much for the city of Sarasota and the county and the, and the climate world that we're dealing with right now with the tree planting and microforest and everything. You almost got him going on Tom Payne. You bring him back for another one on Tom Payne. And oh, boy. Yeah, Tom Payne was one of the founders, one of our heroes, one of the... Uh, tries to put it straight about common sense and what this yeah, world is about. Uh, all I did was talk a little common sense. <laughs> he's also he's a guy that came up with the, this this name. He says, "I got an idea. Why don't we call it the United States of America?" I mean, that, that's the kind of guy we, we owe this guy. He came up with Social Security in 1775. Yep, that's why uh, <laughs> Florida Veterans for Common Sense use him as our symbol, as our honoree, our special person that. Once a year, we throw a Thomas Paine party. We do. And now I've been hoodwinked into helping produce it. And I just found that out, and I'm quite excited about it. We will have a few conversations about that. We'll get going on it. Tell us about the song you want to do for us tonight. Okay, well, we switch gears, and I will urge you guys to get your ASCAP clearance, because when we're dealing, I deal with folk songs, and I really believe that the spirit of our ancestors is embodied in the songs they sing. You get feelings from them that you can't get from books. You can't get from a lecture. A song will put you right there. Mm -hmm. And of course, nowadays, most of the songs that are coming out of our more current experiences, Mm -hmm. like Vietnam, uh, like Afghanistan and uh, Iraq, uh, they're... They're modern, which means they're copywritten. Yeah. And uh, and I'd like to uh, touch on those. We'll get some of those going too. Yeah. Get those rights. We'll be doing it. But the song you're doing tonight is. Uh... I was looking around for a song about a dog, but then uh, my wife reminded me that this is uh, Thanksgiving, and so I'm going to do a, a a a historical piece for you. The early part of the Civil War. I'm big on the Civil War had a show, longest running show still at Ford's Theater it was a show I put together using all the songs. Everything in in the uh, show was actually written or said. Or said it, it's a language. It's real. Uh, this is one of those songs. It's called The Vacant Chair. And a fellow called Henry Washburn uh, wrote the words to it. And the great musicologist or uh, Chin Pan Alley uh, songwriter uh, George Root set it to music, and it became an instant hit in 1861. This was right at the beginning of the war. Almost all the songs coming up were, oh, we're going to get those Rebs, or oh, we're going to get those Yankees, that kind of thing. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. This was one of the first songs that touched on the reality of where we were going. Washburn uh, went home to... Uh, or as it was Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, family gathering, Thanksgiving. It was uh, pretty much a New England holiday at that time. Mm-hmm. And he was haunted by the vacant chair of Willie Grout, his nephew, who, who had been killed in the, one of the early battles of Ball's Bluff. And on the way back to New York, he's, uh, he got it together with George Root and they put together this song called The Vacant Chair. It swept the north, and then it swept the south. Fabulous. It was Fabulous. absolutely... Very similar to our missing man table. Yes. As General Grange discussed last show. Thank you, man. Take it over. Here we go. 1861. In fact, say it's called The Vacant Chair, but in flowery words... Uh, flowery printed words underneath in parentheses it's a New England Thanksgiving 1861 we shall meet but we shall miss him there will be one vacant chair we will linger to caress him 
while we breathe our evening prayers. When a year ago we gathered, joy was in his mild blue eye. Now the golden cord is severed, and our hopes in ruin lie at our fireside sad and lonely often will our bosom swell at remembrance of the story how our noble Willie fell how he strove to bear the banner through the thickest of the fight to uphold our country's honor in the strength of manhood's night. True, they tell us, breeze of glory evermore will deck his brow. But this is the anguish only Sweeping o'er our heartstrings now Sleep today, O early fallen In thy green and narrow bed Dirges from the pine and cypress Mingle with the tears we shed. We shall meet, but we shall miss him. There will be one vacant chair. We will linger to caress him. While we breathe our evening prayer, we will linger to caress him. While we breathe our evening prayer, right out of the Civil War. And still so many vacant chairs today. Too many. Too many. That's why we need to stop. It's time that we focus on ourselves as a human race. Uh, I love the uh, one saying of one planet, one people. Mm, I have never, you know, every warrior that was a real warrior that I've known, their primary thing is for peace, for peace. Yep, they work hard at it. They fought hard for it. Peace and is patriotic. Imagine how we could be uh, having such a greater Thanksgiving this year. We didn't have the vacant chairs and the missing man tables. It'd be something all of us would be um, grateful for so much more. I want to thank you, Sandra, so much for being with us. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you, Kenny. And, uh, Tell your husband, Mark, thank you. Thank you, Mark, for your service. Exactly, your yep. service and continual service. And thank you, Bill, for you can't being go wrong us. with dogs. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I'll get one someday. <laughs> anyway, uh, we don't want to go out uh, too crazy, but um, I want everybody to enjoy themselves and have a very happy Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll see you back here next Sunday night. Um, Still working on exactly uh, who's going to be here with me, but it's going to be someone special from what I'm being told. And anyway. Thanksgiving it is, over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. That's not a Christmas song. That's a Thanksgiving song. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Thank you very much, everybody. Glad you were with us. And thanks, GTS, Transportation, and Dallas Corps. And you guys, Mark and Midge, you have a great Thanksgiving, too. And we're out of here. Thanks for listening. Join us every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central on the Veterans Broadcast Network. This is Roll Call. Uh-huh.
Attention, looking for semi-drivers nationwide. GTS Transportation of Burr Ridge, Illinois, is looking to hire a partner with experienced CDL holders in every state. If you are going to drive, why not drive for the best? Whether you are driving solo, as a team, or as an owner-operator, GTS is looking to add you to their rapidly growing company. Become part of one of the most respected, driver-friendly, and successful transportation companies in America, where drivers are treated as royalty. Contact us at gtscarrier.com. Again, gtscarrier.com. Or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. We would love to help you, which in turn helps everyone. GTS is an equal opportunity employer. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Broadcast Network for over 19 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution has been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. 